0: I V M Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast brought to you by Seat Tires. I'm your host for this week, Ashwin. I'm joined by DJ, who has had a tantalizing couple of days, been at the ground up in Trent Bridge. But before we get into a little bit more about your experience, etc. DJ. Pretty disappointing, right? We're sitting here, five test series, hyped up series of the summer, India versus England, all that. And as always, Rain played spoil sport and washed out day five and we ended up in a draw. So kind of overall, how are you feeling?
1: I think uh, Rain continues to be England's most consistent performer, right? Over the years, um, <laughs> it feels like I spent a lot of time at cricket grounds watching it rain. I got sort of lucky. I got a day and a half of cricket, uh, days three and four, incredible days of cricket, but it's it's just disappointing. And we'll talk about my thoughts around how Test Cricket needs to d- adapt around that. They stuck to the earlier start times, which... I mean, they, they should have just brought the start times a bit forward because it was drier in the morning. So we'll talk about all of that. But frankly, just a very intriguing day of Test Cricket that I feel we were a little bit robbed of. I think we needed a couple more hours of cricket somewhere there. And uh, we may have had a result. Whichever way it went, it would have been a great, uh, great Test match either way.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a part of me that says... India are slow starters, right? Whatever, we have a history of not starting very well, losing the first match and then coming back, et cetera. So part of me is saying, hey, you know what? A draw is not bad. The guys will find some rhythm in England and find their form, et cetera. Another part of me says, this match was was there for India to grasp onto. So beautifully poised, would have been a phenomenal day five. Unfortunately, we missed out. Folks, there's a lot happening in the world of cricket. A lot of different things we can talk about. The 100 is happening also in England, and that seems to be less affected by rain, I'd say. So maybe they're better at scheduling. Bangladesh has swept the first three T20s against Australia. Australia has since come back to win one, but you know they already won the series 3-1. So lot's happening, but being edges and sledges, we are going to be focused for the rest of this episode mostly on the India-England Test Series. DJ, let's dial it back five days. Selection. Virat Kohli did not announce our playing 11 the night before. Let's quickly touch on that. What do you what do you think happened? You and I we, we've talked on this show, and Varun, you and I have all said it's a bit silly. Why do we do it? We talked about does does it give the players reassurance,
1: this and that. But no announcement early this time. What do you think changed? I think um, they learned their lesson from the World Test Championship final, right? They announced two spinners, then it rained the first day, and it was washed out, and they didn't change their team. And I mean, why would you give away their advantage or the element of surprise? So. Um, it feels like Kohli and Shastri learned from their mistake, and well done to them. They probably looked at the weather forecast, and I think at the start of the test match four, there was rain scheduled on four days. We had it actually on three days. I think we should continue with this. There is no point declaring an eleven before the toss. Um, declare it at the toss, which is what you need to do.
0: Speaking of the eleven and the element of surprise, probably like we we all predicted our squads early on, etc. Probably two key surprises if you go into it. Right one. Triggered by injury, which was the inclusion of KL Rahul, who was not probably in the reckoning 10 days ago, or let's say definitely not a couple months ago. Then Gil got injured. Then, of course, Mayank uh, with injury, Rahul slotted in as opener. And the second was the choice to play four quicks instead of three, leaving out the great Ravi Ashwin and bringing in an extra quick in the form of Sharadul Thakur. So let's just quickly talk through, through those. For me, KL Rahul, not a surprise. I think. You know, you could have brought in somebody else. Uh, Vihari pushed him up the order. Abhimanyu Ishwaran, etc. Rahul has opened before. Yes, it was back in 2016 through 18. He had, didn't have a great run. They were trying to make him a middle order batsman, but he has experience. He has the grit. He and of course he showed up strong. So no surprise in a big way for me on Kale DJ. Let me ask you about the bowling. When you sit Ishant Sharma and Ravi Ashwin from your playing eleven, that's 719. Test wickets combined in your squad that are not playing in the eleven.
1: Talk me through what you think the decision-making process was there. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a tough decision. It's a tough call. With with, I mean, Ravichandran Ashwin being left out, uh, particularly after his six for earlier in the season, and he's had experience. He's been on previous tours of England. I think it was a. He was a casualty of the combination that India chose to play. Again, scars from the World Test Championship final. They played two spinners. And frankly, he suffered for the fact that Jadeja is a better batsman than him and a better fielder than him and is fitter than him and is likely to get through the entire test match, which has been an issue with Ashwin previously. So the other point is Ben Stokes isn't playing. And I mean, Ashwin against left-handers is fantastic. They have they only had Rory Burns and Sam Curran, I think, in this uh, England lineup who were left-handed. There was no David Milan like last time around. There was no Alistair Cook like last time in 2018. No Ben Stokes. I think so that, that paid a bit of a... A role in their decision-making. Whether Jadeja was effective as a bowler, I'm sure we will talk about that because I didn't feel so, but I was watching at the ground, so maybe there was more analysis going around around that. Uh, he obviously justified his selection with the bat, I thought. But then Thakur is the other one, right? Which is just, again, it's PTSD from the World Test Championship final. And frankly, and I know you've got strong views on this, thinking he's like not our best bowler, he shouldn't be playing... Uh, test cricket. I know Varun made a joke about we're talking about the pinnacle of test cricket and we're talking about Shardul Thakur. But frankly, Shardul lends that balance to this side that is so important. He, he, he's not good enough to play as a frontline bowler. He's not good enough to play as a frontline batsman. But maybe, and just maybe he's good enough to bring enough with the ball and the bat to bridge that little gap that we have. Pandya is a better batsman than he is a bowler. Shardul is a better bowler than he is a batsman. So, I think he had a decent game with the ball, to be totally honest with you. I mean, honest trier. Um, and frankly, has a sort of a golden arm. So, yeah, tough, tough selections, leaving out Ravi Chandranashwin and uh, Abhimanyu Ishwaran. But as you said, understand the KL Rahul uh, point. But sometimes you just wonder why, do they, why these guys come out and make these statements that, Rahul is a middle-order batsman and then the next test match, he's opening the inning. you just like, dude, you don't need yeah. to say that.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you shoot yourself in the foot. Let me say quickly, Shardul, for me, had a great game. I think he bowled well. He was effective. And people who've heard the show for two and a half years have seen the journey and how I haven't historically been a huge fan. But I credit where it's due, he bowled well. I continue to maintain. I mean, I don't know where, like other than one one knock was it maybe two in australia where did these batting sound bites come from he his average in first class cricket is like 16 so yes if you compare to a bumrah who averages four now or 3.5 right but that's not you cannot pick your number 8 with a 15 16 run batting average for his batting so either he belongs in the side on his bowling which in this first test he did or you you know, you have to find dig deep into the trenches of the domestic scene to find all rounders. You cannot be picking a player like Shardul for his bat like to me, for the fact that you even put him in the same bracket as Pandya and said he's slightly better or he's a better bowler and like it's not even close. He's not an all rounder. He's a bowler who can bat a little bit.
1: Yeah and 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 I agree and I, I guess the question is who is a bowler who can bat better than Shardul Thakur
0: Yeah I don't think we have one right now but I don't think maybe it's fair Bhuvi, for
1: us to maybe yeah, yeah maybe Bhuvy is the one right like Bhuvy would have fit in beautifully maybe. Yeah Cheher, Bhuvy those are the guys but at the moment I mean he's kind of your best option in these circumstances right and Yeah Yeah I still, still p-
0: continue to believe it just you shouldn't be picking your bowlers on their ability to bat like if you're Relying so heavily on your number eight with the bat, et cetera. Anyway, we we can we'll come to that. How about we let's table that and talk it at the end when we talk yeah. about previewing the next the next match. But let's talk about this first innings. So of course, Virat Kohli lost a toss. He needs to be practicing as his usual.
1: More. He should just give up. He should just let the other team pick what he wants to do. Choose what you yeah, want. Just do whatever you like. Uh, save us
0: all some time and effort. But Joru chose to put England into bat, and the man you you of all people have been fairly critical about, Jasprit Bumrah comes charging in, picks up a magnificent first over wicket of Rory Burns getting LBW, And went on, obviously, to have a great first innings, right? Like, ultimately, at the end, everybody was talking about Shami's 3 fur and Taco picking up two. But Boomerang picked up four great wickets in the first innings. And to be totally honest, 183 at the end of a first day's play. I, I mean, I, I, I would have taken that in a heartbeat, right? To get England 183 all out?
1: Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I mean... That's cricket, right? Like, Bumrah, who had a bad World Test Championship final, let's be honest, he he didn't have a good game. He looked off-color in those warm-up games. Maybe he wasn't trying hard enough. Maybe he was preserving himself for the test matches themselves. But, I mean, he looked switched on. He looked like he had a point to prove, right? And he is the leader of the attack. And if you're, the leader of your attack isn't taking wickets, you've got problems. And we'll come to the batting lineup, and the leader of the batting lineup isn't scoring runs, so we do have problems there. But he came in, he looked switched on, got a wicket in that first over, had his tail up, and I mean, incredible performance from him. You saw what it meant to him, right? And for a guy who's got so many achievements, he's won trophies with the Mumbai Indians, he's uh, played for India for a long time, but I think this test match meant a lot to Bhumra. And I'm glad he's back in in form. He looks fit. He looks firing. He's, he's bowling quick. He was bowling, I think, 89 miles per hour consistently, even on day four. So great to see uh, Boom Boom back in back in form.
0: Yeah, 100%. It was honestly outstanding. And so the only real standout performance for England in that first innings was Joe Root, right? 64, of course, did great in the second innings as well, which we'll talk about. But just some really, really good tight bowling. Let's quickly talk about the tail. Because typically, we remember, DJ, in the first innings when Sam Curran was out there starting to hit some big sixes, we were, that the PTSD was setting in from Sam Curran the last time around. And, you know, getting them to 155 for seven could have meant they made 220 or 230. We managed to get them out for 183. Was there a change in strategy? I mean, Boomerah ended up getting both Broad and Anderson off that full, swinging delivery, right? Which is classic tail of dismissal. Was there just a change in approach as to how we got, tried to dismiss the tail? Because it's something India has been bad at recently.
1: Oh yeah. And you spoke about uh, last time around Sam Curran thrashing us around. I go back all the way to 2011 where it was Trent Bridge. We had England 120 for eight. And Stuart Broad, who used to be able to bat uh, before Varun Aaron hit him. And Graham Swan came and smashed us all over the place. We had no idea. And Sam Curran did it. Jimmy Anderson scored 84 against us, batting at number 11, man. I mean, it's... The scars of the England tail run very, very deep with England with Indian cricket fans. But I think what they did well this time is they didn't try and bounce these guys out. They didn't try and do anything different. Like, Bumrah. Probably the best in the world at the Yorker. Just said, I'm going to back my strengths. I'm going to bowl really straight and really quick. And you saw, like, the Jimmy Anderson dismissal was perfect. He had that LBW uh, reversed on uh, review. And then the next ball, he bowls like, okay, you know what? If you're going to reverse my LBW, I'm going to bowl even straighter. And I'm going to knock your stumps out. So, no question about it. Just brilliant. And they stuck to what they do well. Just bowling at the stumps and not... Changed their method from what had been successful to the uh, take take the seven wickets until then.
0: Yeah, so the the ball was getting some help. The quicks took all ten wickets in that first innings. Interestingly, the second time in Indian history that the quicks have taken all twenty wickets in a match. Twenty eighteen was uh, the first time, yeah, nice. and twenty twenty one. So pretty cool. Good stat. stat. Yeah. Good. Thank stat. you, sir. I saw. It. I'm sure I saw it on Twitter or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, at five a.m., I put my alarm to wake up, saw the rain, and spent time scrolling Twitter, and that's probably where I saw it. But Let's talk about India's reply, right? Before we get into any more specifics and the negatives of it, how solid has Rohit Sharma looked as an opener? Yes, he's not able to really convert into big scores, but if your opener can play out 100 deliveries against the swinging Dukes ball with broad, Anderson, Robinson, Curran, and he made 36 runs, looked great before he fell trapped to that stupid short ball that we knew he's so susceptible to, but short ball and he's he's the compulsive, compulsive puller, if you will, but... Uh, how good did Rohit and Rahul look out there? I mean, to get to 97 on the stroke of the end of a session and not have lost a wicket. Right right as we were going
1: into the last over, Rohit obviously succumbed. But that looked pretty good, right? Just absolutely brilliant. I mean, let's talk about Rohit. As you said, I, I've been critical of Rohit about maybe two years ago, before he started opening, basically. We shouldn't say on the show what you called him, right? No, but the point being, like back back in the day, Right when he was batting six, five, whatever you need, the question was more around his temperament. The question has never been about his technique, and his technique is tightened up even more. He now knows his game. He's a few years older. He comes out to bat when it's zero for zero, and I'm a massive fan. I think I said in December 2018, I want Rohit Sharma to open the batting, and he has been opening the batting. He's been successful, well, moderately successful overseas. Let's let's be honest. He's got thirties. He hasn't gone on to convert the big ones, but he hasn't looked troubled. He hasn't looked like he's... He hasn't got the technique to survive in those conditions. So, I'm a massive fan of Rohit Sharma opening the batting. It's a big name up top. And, I mean, even the 12-not-out he made yesterday on day four was probably one of the best 12-not-outs you've seen in incredible conditions, doing the hardest job in the world right now, opening the batting against Broad and Anderson in seeming and swinging conditions at the end of day's play with the lights on and the light fading and rain. It's just brilliant. So... Love Rohit Sharma. Very, very solid. He needs to stay fit. He needs to stay focused and the runs will come. KL Rahul. Right? And I think you talked to the Cricket Podcast guys about the technical analysis of it. And for a guy who wasn't even in the reckoning about two weeks ago, he has had an incredible test match. And we'll come to the Lord's selection dilemmas later. But, I mean, he batted beautifully. Batted close to his, his, his body. Left a lot. I think he made 84 in the first innings with 200 plus balls. Just... Laid that solid foundation. And I mean, he got two unplayable deliveries to to get out in the Test match. So I'm very impressed by the work he's done. Very, very impressed. He's done the work. And again, it tells you that the Indian cricketers do think that Test cricket is the pinnacle of of the game. We I would have thought that he'd be in Sri Lanka playing the ODI in limited over series, right? But I wondered a little bit why he's in England. Is he going to be a passenger for the tour? Because if you had Mayank Fit, if you had like uh, Shuman Gilfit... Would he have played? I don't think so. So, um, really pleased to see him grab that opportunity. He was obviously hungry and, I mean, tough, tough questions coming up for this Indian think tank. But good problem to have and very pleased for Rahul for doing doing so well. Right. So, so far, so good. 183
0: all out for England, 97 for the first fall of the first wicket. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the journey going a little bit less good for, for Team India after that. So, join us after this break.
1: have you ever wondered where the business world is headed how the ways in which we create market and sell to consumers will evolve or if we'll ever go back to wearing pants while working for answers to all of this and more tune into advertising is dead with me varam dhugirala every tuesday as i talk to entrepreneurs leaders and change makers from across business media marketing and beyond you can catch all episodes of advertising is dead on the ibm podcast website app or wherever you get your podcast from
0: Welcome back to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast brought to you by Seat Tires. BJ, 183 all out for England, 97 for one for India. Cheteshwar Pujara walks out at three, blasts about 16 balls, edges one to Joss Butler. Kohli walks in. Next ball, Jimmy Anderson. We've talked so many years about Anderson versus Kohli, you know, and Jimmy got the better of him in 14, then was a 14, yeah, 14, and then Kohli bounced back in style in 2018 a first baller, first ball duck, edges it also to Butler. And then Rahane, in a moment of madness, he looked a little bit nervous, restless, maybe, you know, obviously when Pujara went out uh, like 10 to 15 minutes earlier, he wasn't expecting to be out there. So went out, looks restless, got run out to a, an absolutely suicidal call. No blame on Kale Rahul, although he's not the best runner between wickets in general. That was Rahane, entirely Rahane's fault. And suddenly you go from 97 for one to 112 for four with which is what, 15 for four? Uh, 97 for zero to 15. So 15 for four is what we lost. And suddenly this 183 looks like a pretty big total. So talk about, talk me through this. We talk about it being the best 3-4-5 in the world. Everybody has bad days. Boomerang, like you said, had a bad outing at the World Test Championship. Pujara and Kohli didn't get a chance really to fight back in that second innings. So was it just a bad day at the office? Or like how did, how did we go from having one of the best 3-4-5s in the world to
1: this, to being 15 for four? Ah, it's a good question. After Rohit pulled that down um, Fine Legs' throat, you're just like, okay, Pujara's going to come in after lunch and we're still on tops. 97 for one. Okay, it's disappointing. Pujara and Kohli got really good balls. I mean, but I don't know whether Pujara makes it look better or maybe it's his technique. I don't know. He, he seems to get out to these unplayable deliveries really often. Uh, there's a great article by um, Crick Info on the Kohli versus Anderson battle before the series started and the. Coley versus Anderson Well, the brief uh, interlude Coley had in the middle where he's like, Coley was practicing exactly that ball in the nets. But playing it in the nets and playing it against Jimmy Anderson at a Trent Bridge ground, which, man, I have to tell you, I was there for days three and four. Trent Bridge? I, I watch a lot of cricket at Lords and the Oval and there's a lot of Indian support there. Nottingham... It got a lot of local support, so you could tell watching on TV for like decisions
0: that were England's way versus India's way, the crowd noise and stuff. It was very heavily
1: England. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And so I can, I mean, I wasn't there for the day that Jimmy got Kohli on the first ball, but they do back their boys, and that you could see what it meant to Anderson. He bowled. I mean, he bowled, and I don't think Kohli did anything wrong. The ball swung in and seemed away. I mean, if you have to get the best batsman out in the world when you're a legend with 618 wickets at that stage, you'd probably say that's the ball that you'd bowl, right? So, I mean, I don't think Kohli's done anything wrong. Rahane, very disappointing. I know Varun, Varun would have been like seething after that run out because he had a missed chance as well before that. And... I mean, after that three, four, five being being out, I was I was on the cricketing4 website, like scrolling for who the top most scorers and the Ranji trophies were. Why haven't we got people who can bat in the middle order? These guys. Every episode, we we're like, oh, no question about three, four, five. But should there be questions about three, four, five? Kohli hasn't scored runs for ages. Are you questioning Virat Kohli's? I'm. I'm not. Out? But I'm like, but, but I feel like you just did. No, but I'm. I'm asking the question. Like we we don't discuss it ever because it's like. Three Pujara, four Kohli, five Rahane. Senior, like uh, Varun <laughs> brought it up and we're like, no, bro, he's a vice captain. You can't question his, his his spot. But if the batting lineup, which is your engine room, right? Like three, four, five. Even at a club level, they need to score your runs. You can't I mean, tell Rahane. To-
0: Rahane did score, has scored the most recent century of the three of them.
1: Right? Yeah, but like, that was in December. Was most-
0: yeah, Pujara and Kohli go much further back. They go way further back than this. Let's We're in clear. August now. Yeah. It's, Ooh, it, all right, let's not right? get too far <laughs> into solutions. But yeah, I hear you. I mean, that's that's a problem. I will say on the flip side almost. So, not much to talk honestly. Rishabh Pant came in, made, struck at 125, hit a yes. six and three, four. I kept just,
1: walking out to Jimmy Anderson and smashing. Which is unbelievable, brilliant. right?
0: But it works, it looks so good. And then when it does it, you're like, okay, you made 25 runs and got out in 20 balls, right? Like you're not playing responsible cricket. But I would have honestly said from 145 for five when Pant got dismissed, History and track record would have said, "All right, 180, 190 max." All out. and this is where Ravindra Jadeja added a ton of value, made a 56, an excellent knock. Our tail did wag too. By the way, Shardul was in the side, too bad at eight, made a duck. And still, Shami came out, looked okay for a bit, made 13. Bumrah came out, looked magnificent. Bumrah's batting average went from 2.1 to 3.5. That is a 66 percent increase in his batting average in one match. Just unbelievable. And the team did get to 278. So, so so, one thought there. We talked about it a little up front. To me, no question that Jadeja is your number seven. We've been saying he walks into all three formats. He does. I don't think Jadeja beat Ashwin out for that spot because I don't think Ashwin can bat at seven consistently. I think Ashwin is a magnificent number eight, but a little too weak uh, batter for number seven. And so for me, Jadeja walked into that spot. But... But how critical was that, DJ, to go from 145 to 5 to getting to 278? That is huge based on what this tale has done in the last couple of years.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely brilliant. And Jadeja, um, until he sort of threw it away at the end, he just, he batted really sensibly to start with as well. You could see that he was leaving a lot of balls outside the off-stump, which is going to be against his nature because Indian players like to have the bat on ball. Again, what impressed me about Rahul was the ball, number of balls they left and didn't, and didn't play at. I think that would have imbibed a lot of confidence. That that innings from Jadeja, that 56, I think he obviously justified that number seven spot. The number eight spot, Shardul Duck. But it goes back to 9, 10, 11, right? It goes back to those guys. Yes, in this innings, they scored some runs. But are you telling me that these guys are consistently going to come together to put on, what was it? It was 205 for seven, right? And we went to... Two seventy six. Seventy three so, runs for them last year. Yeah. Yeah i I don't see it. I mean, England dropped a few catches. It was, it was pretty shabby from England to let in, India get away that far. So, which is why that number eight spot becomes so crucial. And it's again, we, I don't want to get into selection, but I mean, they batted really well. They batted. They took their chances. Boomrah, magnificent. I think I've seen Bumrah hit a six live at the ground. I now can just die happy. That's it. That's what you needed. It was Panther the greatest six, moment Bumrah of the yeah. day. I mean, Panth oh. top at one for six. I was like, you expect that from Panth. Boomrah hitting a six, I think I was there for the moment of a lifetime. Just so genius. here's the
0: thing though. Boomrah looked better than he has looked before. Right? So I don't know if I'm overthinking it. Has he invested? I talked to the creative Podcast guys about this. Has he invested in his batting because he realizes... He, he wants to build a long test career, be doing this for a long time. If he can play a little bit more like a nine, number nine, than an 11. That could add a ton of value. So, does it look like... Did it look in the ground release like Boomer had invested in his batting? Or was it a one-off 28
1: and we'll never see this from him again? No, they they have. And Kohli said that after the game as well. For, and Kohli's appreciated that. They, apparently, they've put a ton of work in at the nets. You saw Shami. Shami's got batting ability. He's not... He just doesn't think about his batting at all. He just wants to hit everything for six. He's got a... I think he's got a test 50 as well, Shami. Siraj hit a straight drive of one of the quick bowlers. I mean... These guys are investing because they realize like, and, and I was thinking about why bowlers can't bat. And sometimes I wonder that because of the competition for sports, you've got to be so good at your primary skill that you don't have time to practice your secondary skill at all, which is like someone like a booby, right? Like he's got batting talent, but he just hasn't justified it at the, because he's probably trying to bowl that 5 kmph quicker, right? And maybe that's that's what, hasn't allowed her to, and we've de- developed these bunnies at 9, 10, 11. But it's good to see they've had the time, they've put it in, and it's paid off in the first test. But we'll have to see whether this is a long term uh, return on their batting investment. But great to see the tail wag for a change and the other side's tail not wag for a change.
0: Yeah, this was very refreshing, absolutely. So I think it's going to be interesting, right? We've now gone back to back series where Deepak Chahar won a match for us with his batting. And the tail wagged a little bit, at least, for Team India. And so maybe this is a, a sign of a, a little bit of a change of things, changing things to come. So let's hope so. Quick shout out to obviously Ollie Robinson, picked up a great five for. And Jimmy Anderson got four. A little bit surprising, honestly, to me. After Jimmy got his fourth, that he got taken off the attack. That Curran came. So some questionable decisions from Joe Root for me as skipper. But uh, you know, if I'm J- if I was Jimmy, no matter how many fifers he's taken, he's out there gunning for one more. So um, I was a little surprised he didn't push his captain to say, "Let me let me finish this ta- the tail off." But Robinson was able to pick up both Shami and Boomerang and got to his fifer instead. No wickets for Broad, none for Curran. So interesting selection questions for England as well, honestly. Like, do you? Uh, Joffre Archer obviously can't play. Did they look at a Mark Wood or a different type of a bowler instead of a Curran? Or same question, right? Does Curran justify his place at number eight for his batting? So both sides going through similar questions. Let's go to the second innings. It started to feel while the Indian tail was batting that the ball was swinging a little bit less. Conditions had gotten a little bit more favorable for the batsmen than they were in the first day, day and a half or so. England's openers looked a little better than they did in the first innings. But then they both fell in pretty... Or two wickets fell in pretty quick succession with both Burns and Crawley going out. Siraj picked up one. Boomerang picked up the next. And then Sibley stuck around for a little bit, but we have to forgive unquestionably this week's Seat Secure Drive Player of the Week award to Joe Root. 64 in the first innings, made a magnificent 109 in the second. I mean, the passion of a guy shows through and after making 109 and steering your team to safety, he was still livid at himself when he got out. And... DJ, Joe Root, England skipper, lots of questions. So many questions about management, coach, captaincy. Made some questionable DRS decisions, et cetera. But with the bat, no question, right? So you had security draft player of the week?
1: I mean, I went to day four of the test match. Um, England was 70 runs behind, no wickets down. But that could have easily, with two wickets down, still 40-odd runs behind. That could have easily been, I don't know... um, a chase of 120 for India at the at the end of the day. But Joe Root, man, I mean, we talk about the thrill of speed with complete control when we talk about the CR secure drive tie. And Joe Root, at one stage, was 75 of 100 balls. He came out there. I can't remember a chance that he gave. I think there was one edge that fell short of Kohli at first slip. Uh, oh, my God, he just picked the bowlers apart with absolute precision. Just super, super. On, on what were challenging conditions, first test of a series, your team is behind the eight ball. You've got bowlers with their tail up. You've got Boomra, Siraj, Shami. Second inning, Shami didn't show up, unfortunately. But part, partly because Joru just absolutely tucked into him. And, I mean, one of the best... Test match 100s by Joe Root. One of the best test match 100s I've watched at the ground. One of the best days of cricket I've watched at the ground because the home team really supported him and you could see what it meant to him to get to that 100. His first 100 in three years at home. He scored a 100 in the first test at, uh, at uh, Chennai, right? Um, hopefully, the result of this series will be similar. But I mean... Brilliant. And you can't dislike Joe Root. He's one of those players that you just like. He's he's got a kind of infectious enthusiasm for the game. He works hard. He's pretty to watch. And as an Indian supporter, you're like, it hurts your heart when he scores those many runs. But you can't grudge him the runs. Because it was a fantastic innings under pressure. Captain's knock. And he's pretty much their only batsman who did anything in this test match. So, well done to him. And hopefully we can get him out quickly next time.
0: Yeah, really well said. We will talk a little bit more about the gentleman who eventually did get him out off of a fantastic delivery. But essentially, yeah, nobody really stuck around with him for too long. Sibley made 28, which is a whole different discussion about Sibley being what you have publicly called a poor man's Pujara. But he made more runs than Pujara this time. So there's something to be said for that. But 28 of 133 balls. Bairstow looked good for a little bit before getting out. Actually, he looked scratchy initially. Then he looked good for a bit. Then he got out on 30. Lawrence made 25, Karan made 32 again. But really, this was the Joe Root show. So they got to 303. We are going to take a quick Tire strategic timeout, talk a little bit about India's bowling, and then wrap up what was unfortunately a test that just got cut short, thanks to the rain, and talk a little bit about the next test coming up when we come back. So stay tuned after this Tire strategic timeout. Welcome back to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast brought to you by Seattle Tires. DJ, we've given out our first award of the week which was to Joe Root. One more to give out and that is to a man who has been, we've talked a little bit about, picked up a great four for in the first innings. But in that second inning, picked up five. I don't know what it is. It's like the difference for a batsman between making 90 and 100 runs, right? The difference between four and five. This at five furs is a special moment for a bowler and of course we're talking about just Preet Bumrah. Bumra. But let me run through. Three of his five were Dom Sibley who had Faced over 100 balls. Zach Crawley, who bats at number three, and Joe Root, who was on 109, right. And then, not to un- and of course Sam Curran, who was batting really good as well. And he cleaned up broad exactly as you said in the in the first innings. He just aimed at the stumps and at his toes and got that wicket. So magnificent five for for Pumra. How important is his kind of return to this team? And like you said, he leads the bowling attack. And talk to us, talk us through why he's the puncture resistant player of this week.
1: Yeah, I think he was called a choker. He was called a, a big match, a non-performer. Uh, there were questions around whether marriage had affected his concentration or whatever the hell that means. But I mean, he's answered every question there, right? I mean, you could see what it meant to him. You could see what it meant to Kohli. When he got his fifa, when he got his fifth one, bold, uh, broad, you could see Kohli goes up with, with the five. And I mean, he is the leader of the Indian attack. He's... Uh, he's a quiet guy. He doesn't show much emotion on the field, but you could see that it, it meant a lot to him. And he's bounced back, and it's really important for him to pick up those five wickets in the first match of this Test series. I think an honourable mention should go to KL Rahul, because he's had a pretty tough time in the in Test um, Test arena as well for bouncing back and uh, scoring 110 runs across two innings. Um, unfortunately, out in the second inning, so he can get a red inker and keep his average up. But... Um, also, I have—I mean, you talked about stats earlier. Does anyone know the stats on KL Rahul in short sleeves? I've had a huge theory about this. right? I
0: saw you tweet that out. Hopefully, somebody will do this. Please, short somebody do—somebody do, somebody
1: do yeah. this. These stats. I mean, I've had a theory that KL Rahul when he bats in long sleeves never makes runs. So we need these stats of KL Rahul in short sleeves versus KL Rahul in long sleeves. I mean, he's such a great IPL player because he plays in short sleeves. Great. Uh, um, ODI player, mostly plays in short sleeves. So I have a theory. It's like the headband versus no headband, Omesh, Stuart Broad type of stat. Someone someone, please do these stats. It would make me immensely happy.
0: This is absolutely the important stuff we're focused on here at the Edisons and Cricket Podcast. But let's talk a little bit about that final kind of session where we actually got some play. And of course, I'm talking about after England made 303, India came out to bat. Rahul looked pretty good, got a few nice boundaries, looked pretty solid. And then... Stuart Broad bowled a you know a great delivery right right on length drew the edge out from from Rahul yeah he, some people said he probably didn't need, he either, if he was going to push he needed to push harder at it if he was going to leave it he could leave it but it was a, it was a peach of a delivery so no discredit yeah, there.
1: and you have a microsecond to decide that man I mean yeah, people are just like sitting on Twitter going oh I've got a two hundred and sixty characters or whatever to read yeah. stuff so
0: it's it's no. easy to criticize but Rohit Sharma again showed a ton of grit. Just absolutely magnificent, right? Ended up twelve of thirty-four balls, but if you had, you had to watch it to realize how important that twelve, that those twelve runs were, and Pujara as well. Pujara actually hit the last ball of the day for a boundary, which was so which un- was uncharacteristic. Just,
1: I mean, so we were sat there in the last hour, just you couldn't bear to watch. I think I, I was like watching it like yeah. with my hoodie around my head because it was so tense. Like you're chasing two hundred, uh, Broad and Anderson, overcast skies. Floodlights on, and uh, Rahul goes. And then, of course, Rohit pulls one in the last over. And you're just like, Why do you hit that shot? He can't, he can't, he can't duck, he can't sway, he has to hit it. Luckily, this time he hit it down, hit it, it down, to the hit, it down. Good hit job it, down, it down, right? And so, you're living every moment. And yeah. then, Ollie Robinson bowls this, Pujara edges one, it goes at a catchable height through the cordon, it goes for four. And then it's called a no-ball and you're like, no, please, not another delivery I want can more, get a wicket, please. Yeah. And then this guy, on the last ball of the day, with everything hanging in the balance, Robinson throws it wise and Pujara cracks it for four. And that just made the day the best day of test cricket I've ever watched. It was just, I mean, you just felt so tense. And it was just a release of tension. It was just great. I mean, Yeah. Incredible. That that four just made my day completely.
0: Yeah, unbelievable, right? Really, really well said. And this is why it's so painful. The rain in England is so painful because walking in, at the end of day four, 157 runs to get for India to win. Nine wickets to get for England to win. 98 overs minus rain. They were projecting you'd lose maybe like a half to a third, a third to a half of the day's rain. So it could have been 50 to 60 overs or so. Honestly, I want to I want to lead in here on the commentator's, commentator's cliché. But we were poised to have potentially all four results possible. Possible, India could have chased down two and a half, three runs and over. England could have picked up nine wickets if they had fifty, fifty plus, or fifty to sixty overs. It could have come down to nearly a maybe a, a getting to a tie type of a finish, based on tie and of course a draw. And unfortunately, we got zero play on day five. It was rained down. Very disappointing. DJ, let's talk about going into Lords a little bit. Right, we can talk all day about England and how painful the rain is, et cetera. But let's talk about going into Lords. Does India change anything uh, from a team standpoint? Kohli said at the post-match presentation he felt pretty happy, happy with the template. You know, gave a, probably a few too many runs away in that second innings, but overall felt good. Like it was a good spot. Actually, before we talk selection, let me ask you: well, what, well, hey, Let's say we got sixty overs to play on day five. What do you think? What was your What would your prediction
1: have been? I was actually going for an India win. Uh, I think I've I've only watched India win two Test matches in England in the fourteen years I've been here, and it felt like we dominated that. I, England fought back well in the second innings. Make no mistake, but there, every time they threatened to get enough runs, we picked up a wicket, and then that fifty-two for one, right? You're backing this lineup to get hundred and fifty-seven. It's not a last-day pitch. It's not spinning. It wasn't seeming massively. But I think if Rohit who batted magnificently and Pujara could have got through even with a couple of wickets down, right, the shorter the period of the game, I think the more chances India had to win. so I would have backed India to even win this with about a session and a half.
0: yeah, it's interesting.
1: I probably forty would have brought, overs or so yeah. we would have I think we would have got it.
0: yeah, I probably would have gone the same as you, but I honestly think it's in England hundred and fifty run getting nine wickets for hundred and fifty is not out of the question. So it could have gone either way. So it would have been it was it was tantalizingly poised, and unfortunately, we missed
1: out. So this is what what I'm saying. Yeah, but we needed we needed two hours more, right? And I find it amazing that they just didn't start half an hour earlier. From day three onwards, every morning was dry, and that's an hour and a half play more. It's just absolutely absurd. To be not being flexible enough, and I think the reason was that people couldn't get their trains up from London or something. That's what these time. guys were
0: saying that, that for just, their trains to make it to London from London in with off-peak rates, you have to allow for an eleven start. But that's insane, right? That's just absurd. The whole world is watching this. It's a World Test Championship kickoff. It's just so much, so much, so much
1: at stake. And surely the trains earlier are more off-peak. I, I don't know. You li- this is
0: your country. I, I don't know about this. I'm I, just going it off just
1: made. A, I think Nasser Hussein tweeted about this and why aren't we starting at nine at ten thirty? Or even 10. Make up the time you've lost. Let us watch test cricket between these two teams.
0: But we missed out. It didn't happen. So we prepare ourselves for an August 12th match at Lords, just five days away. Kohli and Root will both be thinking through, you know, kind of the opportunity areas. Both sides did well, but both sides left a lot to be desired. So from an India standpoint, DJ, going into this second test, do you change anything? Do you consider rotating the quicks to give them some rest? They didn't bolt that much at the end of it. Do you bring in a Ravi Ashwin do you, change, do you slot out Rahul do you think about 3-4-5 what do you do if you're chief selector going into the Lord's
1: match? so I don't think we can change the batting yet because we haven't had I mean Pujara and uh, Pujara's only batted a little bit he batted like uh, he yeah, batted one innings, once yeah. uh, Rahane's only batted one but they will come under pressure if they fail and I think yeah. the pressure will come from Vihari for in Rahane's case and from Mayank I think potentially in in Pujara's case if the runs don't come. Kohli, of course, undroppable. Just hope he scores a scores a hundred next week at Lords. It would Man, be magnificent. Due. He is so. It due. would be magnificent. I mean, he's okay. he's due, and I hope he pops soon. But bowling wise, I don't think you can play Siraj and Shami in the same side. Okay. I don't think you can. I don't think. I think Siraj is. I like Siraj a lot, but I don't think he brings enough control or. In terms of moving the ball both ways, variety. He bowls at the stumps. He bowls straight. He bowls only one way, which is into the into the right hander. Shami moves the ball both ways. Has more experience. Shami was off. Let's also talk about Shami. He, he didn't bowl particularly well in the second innings, which we expect him to show up in. But fine, whatever. I don't think you can play Shami and Siraj in the same side. I think Ishant brings you that control when the runs are flowing. Ishant brings you that control with that experience. If he's fit for Lords, I would replace Siraj with Ishant. Just simply because he's that workhorse. He's bowled in these conditions before. He has a seven for it, Lords. He's got good memories and on the honest board. Bring in Ishant. And I think Shami, Ishant, Bumra, the that that's my uh, three. And I we we play Shardul because frankly, I think this test match, Shardul has done enough with the ball. He didn't let the pressure off. He was probably our best bowler in that second innings, other than Bumra who picked up all the wickets. He was second best in that innings. He sort of kept it together. So um, it didn't do enough with the bat. So we'll keep an eye on that. But I think the one change for me is is um, Ishant for Siraj if um, yeah. if he's fit.
0: Not a bad not a bad shout. I I agree with you. I think Ishanth comes in at Lords. I think the question is it'll be either Siraj or Shardlow because there were patches where Siraj looked great and they're going to watch what happens in the net. They're going to be looking for conditions, etc. But Siraj did look really good at points. Remember, he did pick up both Rory and Bearstow I think it was, in that second innings, right? So, so there yeah, were points, points the where he so was... The best it was
1: controversial. I think Bearstow just nailed it <laughs> straight yeah. to Jadeja. But there was a, pla- there was a plan, right? Correct. Jadeja didn't Correct. move an inch... Like, it's like the
0: Rohit wicket in the first thing. Yeah. Jadeja did not move an inch yeah. for that show. Like, that was a some line.
1: So, but I think he said 4-1 already, Kohli. If all stays well, he said 4-1 yeah. in, in, the, in the post-match presser. He said he likes the combo, right? So, we'll oh, he li- Maybe he's yeah. a double bluff. Maybe it's a double bluff. and We'll uh, see.
0: <laughs> that brings us to pretty much a wrap, DJ. Before we let the listeners go, can you quickly re- remind them of the, this month's hashtag Bad with Seattle contest?
1: Yes, I can. I have to, I have to uh, just refresh my memory for a second. But yes, um, active Indian cricketer that holds the Indian Test record for the maximum number of sixes in an innings. He holds it jointly with Navjot Singh Sidhu. The number of sixes is eight. Tell us who the active Indian cricketer is who holds that record. It's not the world record. It's not the inning. It's not the record across a Test match. It's a single innings. Maximum number of sixes hit by an Indian cricketer. It's an active cricketer and he holds it jointly with Navdur Singh Write into us on Twitter with the hashtag BatWithSeat. Perfect. We've already
0: got a few winners from the last few months we've been running this, so you might be the next one. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to the Edges and Sludges Cricket Podcast, brought to you by Seat Tires. I've been your host, Ashwin. We will be back next week, probably midway through or uh, the Lord's Test, so that should be fun. Uh, definitely lots of exciting cricket to come if anybody knows any sort of chants or dances or anything to keep the rain away from England for during the next week's test match please please invest in those but otherwise as always you can find us on all social media at One Tip One Hand or listen to Edges and Sledges wherever you get podcasts and we're putting most of these on YouTube now so be, be sure to, to like and subscribe those thank you everybody have an in- awesome rest of the week and we will see you after the Lord's Match
2: Hello Hello, hello, everybody. It's been another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jai Bachchan, Shwetananda and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Bamanirani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shaj Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a Padyatra. On The Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on The Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, Senior Ambassador of the TEDx Program and Curator of TEDx Gateway, They discuss the origin story of TED and his franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store. Also, links to all of our social media stuff, which is at ivmpodcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week. Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible.
0: Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IVM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your
2: podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure, and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website, or wherever you get your podcast from.